always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. Hey, what's up, Rohit? What's up, Aaron? Dude, it's good to be here. The first episode of the Hopeless Podcast. The first episode, hopefully not the last episode. No. Um, hopefully, um, you know, the iTunes store doesn't just, you know, kick it out for some reason. They might. They might, yeah. We don't know exactly what they'll do. The good thing is that what we're trying to do here is we're going to bring hopeless topics to people and show them how there's hope. And it, it could look like a disaster. It probably will be a disaster. I mean, neither of us are very informed. Neither of us really know what we're talking about, but we're going to bring hope. And we think that's the best kind of person to be able to sort of, you know, find a silver lining in something. Um, so we hope that during this podcast, maybe you'll laugh. Right. Hopefully you don't cry too much. A little. Yeah. But hopefully there's hope. Hopefully there's hope. That's the goal here. And, uh, you know, speaking of hope, I, I personally, you know, some people might say you're a hopeless cause. I don't think that. I think you, you're doing a lot for the world. So tell everyone what you do. Sure. So um, my name is Rohit. Uh, for those uh, that have not listened to this podcast before, which is everybody. Um, and what I do for the world is I'm, I'm an advertising guy. And um, therefore, I'm currently in a negative balance of bringing hope to the world. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this podcast is a way for me to express just all, I think, just the opportunities there are in this world to take something that could be terrible, something that could be depressing, a little bit sad, and find a bit of humanity in there. Find something to laugh about, something to smile about, and something to take away and say, hey, listen, we can move forward with that. Um, and we're, yeah. And Aaron, I mean, this... I mean, that, that's beautiful, man. I mean, we already, we just checked off the crying portion. Uh, someone's crying out there. Me. Yeah. I have a tear. <laughs> beautiful. Um, Sometimes things drop in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, what were you gonna say? You were gonna ask uh, me a question. Well, you know, I think uh, you know, you are always a big inspiration of mine, as we've been dear friends for for some time. Um, why don't you sort of talk to to tell everybody what you're doing here and kind of you know what you do and and why you want to bring hope? Yeah, I it's a I'm an actor director and go around. I've made some films that are uh, about hope. Actually, they're about bringing hope to the world. Lately, I've seen how, you know, people are feeling pretty hopeless. People are feeling like everything's going, going to shit. Things are not going well. And it's interesting when I go around and speak, I have topics that I talk about, bringing communities together, changing the education system, things like that, that are based on films that I've made. And so that's good. Like I know how to do those topics. But the idea of finding topics and finding things where there really looks like no hope. Like it looks like it's gonna be a disaster. This is not gonna go well. And to, to do that and to, to show people that there's hope in things that look really, really bad, which we'll show everyone in a little bit, now that's special. And I think that is the, is the reason that we are doing this together is because mm -hmm. hopefully the two of us can maybe bring our optimism yeah. um, and kind of find a way to combat the nihilism out there. Yeah. And um, I think today we're going to talk about a few different things. Um, some yeah. big. Yeah. Some small. And uh, how'd you want to get, you want to get started? All right, let's begin. So why don't you, why don't you start? Do you, sure. Let's talk about something. Yeah. So I think the way that we would love to, uh, to make this work is we're going to talk about the news mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about what's happening, the dark side, and we're going to try, Aaron and I are going to try our damned best to pull something out that's positive. Sometimes it'll be easy, sometimes not as much. Nope. Um, and uh, 
And also, we're, the other part we're going to do is we're going to find topics that you maybe haven't thought of for a while, maybe you don't care at all about. We're going to show you why you should care and why you should feel hope in that hopeless topic that you didn't really know about or care about. Yeah. And we could be damn wrong. Yeah, we but might be wrong. We hope we're not. We hope we're not. We yeah. probably will be. Yeah. But let's see. So, so, we, yeah, so we're recording today on a Sunday mm -hmm. uh, my house. Um, but I think we're not going to talk about Sunday. Why don't we talk about Tuesday? Ooh. And it wasn't just any Tuesday. No, no, that's what's cool. It's like there's Superman and then there's Super Tuesday. Big Super. Big Super yes. Tuesday. So why don't you kind of uh, recap for us maybe what some of the things that happened? Well, what I found interesting about, you know, about Super Tuesday, a lot of people would, would feel it's pretty hopeless. More divisiveness in the country. More people not liking each other. Who's going to endorse who? Joe Biden got a lot of endorsements. Uh, Trump said all the endorsements were not real. I, I don't think he thinks the people were real. And then we have, uh, with the big news was there was still Elizabeth Warren and Michael Bloom Bloomberg, they were out there. Um, so what were they gonna do? The next day Bloomberg immediately took his $500 million that he'd spent so far and he said, Biden's my guy. Then you have Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Didn't go quite as well for him. And then you have Elizabeth Warren who dropped out a bit later, but her endorsement is in the air. So Bernie supporters are feeling pretty hopeless right now. But I wanna tell them, and this isn't about us being political about our beliefs, it's us finding hope for people. So to Bernie Sanders supporters out here, how is there hope in the fact that Elizabeth Warren has dropped out and not helped him? To me, that's interesting. That's something that we, I think there is actually a, a silver lining. Yeah, I mean, the silver lining is, is you know, sometimes it feels like there's, is, is there an opportunity for what was previously people that we would consider, you know, combatants at times, um, for them to come together. I think, you know, it's always really hard. It's like every election cycle, you have people just flinging crap at each other and, and you know, each debate, uh, you know, there seems to be a new punching bag that where coordinated attacks are just people are just getting hidden and hitting and hitting. And I think that for the Bernie Sanders supporters out there, um, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure on them. I think some of the pressure that the Sanders supporters face is that one, they are really passionate. Mm -hmm. And there is this almost, and there's Sanders supporters that are coming from all sorts of the side of the political spectrum. They are. First of all, that's pretty hopeful. Because that I is. can't remember the last candidate that was not only someone that really approached things with, a different, with different ideas, but truly started to capture. This, he's capturing former Republicans or current Republicans. He's capturing people that are far left. He's capturing centrists. There's a lot of people that are falling under that. That, I think, is almost a building block of something positive is happening. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. if Bernie can unite voters, some of whom they might not even be caught in a room together but now they're caught at rallies together. Oh. If that could happen, can Bernie possibly unite some of, with some of the people, in this case, maybe Elizabeth Warren, that he has pretty much not had good sort of relationships with in recent times? I mean, no. remember the, uh, it was after uh, one of the debates about a month ago, um, and there was this whole question of, um, did Bernie or did Bernie not say that a woman couldn't win the presidency. Right. And it just spilled out into the debate itself. It spilled out into, you know, like a, a 
a nullified handshake at the end. And yeah, there was no handshake. There was no handshake, and it got no. weird. And then Tom Steyer kind of jumped in. He's like, oh, hey, Bernie, good to meet you. And then that was just that cringe, you know. Don't you think Tom Steyer was in this just to meet people? I, like, I, he was into, like, this is a way for him to buy his way to meet, like, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and all these people. I mean, I'm glad he spent money to meet people because uh, nobody's going to remember him. <laughs> no. So at least he, ha- he has memories for himself. And he had good head bob, too, if you yeah. remember. Oh, yeah. Just to go on a Tom Steyer set, like tangent. Just the idea, He had good head bob. I think there's hope in Tom Steyer for the future. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's at least he got the good experience of yeah. running for president. Yeah. But imagine if Elizabeth Warren, who is, as you were saying, Aaron, has not declared mm-hmm. anybody yet, what it would do for a Sanders presidential run for two former allies, then seemingly foes, imagine them to reunite. If Bernie and Elizabeth can unite mm-hmm. imagine the momentum that could create for the sanders supporters out there and for the people that are undecided who may have lost a candidate over right. the course of the process would I, that make everyone happy i think it would make a lot of people upset it would make the news right but i think the happy medium maybe could she be the vp candidate uh the, the idea also what if bernie he has his rallies and they're you know leaning younger hippie whatever what if he like, like foul held a, a pretended that there was going to be a Trump rally, and like advertised it as a Trump rally. Like did everything as a Trump rally, and then he showed up on stage. So like the fa- like the big twist. It's like six cents. I like, mean, that's a captive audience there, right? You have your it's... audience. They might boo at the beginning, but if he could win that audience over, if he can fake it, so like, here I'm going to have a Trump rally. Everyone thinks Donald Trump's coming, but it's Bernie Sanders who shows up. I mean, they're slightly different. I think there's there's a lot of hope to be had. To, even if a strategy of Bernie reaching out to Trump supporters, um, yeah. existing ones who may feel alienated, who may feel like that maybe some things have gone overboard or weren't didn't go as promised. I mean, what was weird? Um, you know, there was uh, during a rally a couple days ago, someone dropped a swastika, a Nazi flag with a swastika on it. Um, at the rally, um, and the dude was immediately let out. The to be in at a, a Trump rally, no, at, at a Bernie Sanders oh, rally. at a Bernie rally, yeah, that, a couple days happened. ago. Yeah, I was going to say at a Trump rally that unfortunately could be met with applause. Yeah, it's and you know it's it's you know it's a sad state of affairs that even a flag like that makes its way into any rally, let alone no. when there's a Jewish man running for president. Um, the the great part was that guy was literally immediately you know thrown out he had no allies with him and it was it was actually it's hopeful to see that even though a a nazi flag was hung for moments at a sanders rally that the people people from all walks of life yeah were peacefully given the guy a piece of his mind escorted out there was no violence and this guy uh you know he got his say it was a really shitty thing to do yeah, but it's not cool it's hopeful that this country can can say listen that's not who we are and we're not going to resort to the dirty tactics that you just resorted to nope and we're going to be better people so I, I commend all the people that were there supporting you know senator sanders this this past week and the way that they handled that idiot with the flag was kind of awesome. It was hopeful to see. It's hopeful to see, like when when anti-Semitic and as a Jew, I, I believe you know I'm very in touch with uh, when these things happen. Not that if you're not Jewish, you aren't, but 
for some reason I just felt like riding a high horse there. Uh, the idea that we can have anti-Semitic things happen and then show that people aren't going to put up with them, unlike what happened in Charlottesville and that stuff, uh, you know, that's hopeful. So the anti, you know, the anti-anti-Semitic or the, wait, anti-anti-Semitic movement. Mm-hmm. I guess the I Semitic movement? The Semitic movement. The Semitic movement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, yeah, there we yeah. go. The Semitic movement, I think, yeah. is rising. I actually think that we are in a very pro-Semitic movement time now, if that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. Go Semites. Go Semites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go Semites. <laughs> I think we've found a lot of hope in the campaign. I also thought um, it shows why it's good to have a good wife. If you saw Joe Biden got attacked on stage by dairy farmers, um, and I didn't realize that, oh, you didn't see this. Oh, this was an interesting thing where I felt a lot of hope. People were feeling pretty hopeless by it, but he was giving his like, yay, I did well speech. He was kind of screaming into the mic a little bit too much. It was very loud. And so he was in the middle of his, I didn't quite understand it speech. But it was good. It made me, it was like, you know, like a Stallone and Rocky at the end speech where you're like, oh, no, but like, mm-hmm. it kind of made sense. And uh, all of a sudden, people, a couple women, I believe, rushed the stage and were mad. And then Jill Biden, his wife, like, I think gave her like an elbow. Like she, Jill Biden was on it before the Secret Service. Um, That's right or not. They were, they were emphasizing the secret, not the service part. They didn't seem to do a big job because they got, these women got on the stage. It's a great video. It's on my Twitter, actually. I put it on my Twitter because it was just, I thought, I mean, this is hopeful. If you can have like your, like, it's hopeful for marriage. It's hopeful for like the idea that the wife is the first person on it to get them off the stage. And then Joe just kept right back on with his Rambo speech. So it's so I think we could be hopeful then that we have a potential first lady that has the people's elbow. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Jill the rock Biden. Yeah. The, um, and by the way, actually that I, I didn't know, I didn't actually get a chance to watch the speech because I think it went probably so late into the night. Um, the speech was actually in the neighborhood, right in Baldwin Hills, down you know, down the rec center. It was really close to where we are right now. Right now, yeah. you could have gone. You could have been one of the people intercepting before the Secret Service did. Yeah, but I wouldn't. But you weren't there. No, no, that you might be. The, but what what's good about this is we're. I mean, these are a lot of pretty terrible things. Mm-hmm. Super Tuesday, people weren't very happy about, it, no matter who you were. And uh, now I think we've got a lot of hope. So I feel good about it. I feel I good. I feel great. Yeah. I feel like. Whoever becomes the next president is gonna be old. Yeah, <laughs> and that gives us hope because maybe one day we'll get old. Yeah, Hopefully. right. Maybe that's, not at this, not at our current pace, but yeah. that's that is such a great. Everyone's saying they're so old and they're white and stuff, yeah. and like, okay, yeah, the, I mean, white does yeah. seem to be the color of their yeah. skin. Uh, old does seem to be their age, yeah. but doesn't that give us all hope that? We one day could, I mean, I guess I'm white. Yeah. Uh, you're not. And maybe one day I can be old and white. You, know, <laughs> you might be become old and white. Uh, I don't know. There's just hope for everyone. Or if, and it, who knows? Look, the, the bottom line is being old is a good thing. We want old people because that means that it gives us the chance to become old and still do things with our lives. Uh, ageism. Is that a thing? Ageism? Yeah. Yeah, it's time. bad. It's Especially bad. So the we're, we're conquering ageism yeah. with this. Yeah. Like a lot of people, by the time they're 77, 78, like they feel they've peaked. If whoever becomes president next, talk about 
not peaking until this. Like you're president of the United States. Like you haven't peaked until then. All of us could do our best things when we're 78. Yeah, I mean, 78 is new 68. So yeah. yeah, 78 is the new 68. It also yeah. could be like the new 28. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. What 28 year olds are doing what these 78 year olds are doing? Like Not zero. Not a lot. Yeah, maybe three. So we're, so we're you know, I think we just covered a, a, a super Tuesday, a pretty super Tuesday with some yeah. scary results, but I think there's some super hope in there. I think it's only hope. Yeah. I actually only see good. I, I hope so. Yeah. And now I want to talk about a, a super bug. Ooh, a yeah. bug. So can I drop some uh, some stats on you, Aaron? Oh yeah, yeah. let's hear so, it. So the super bug we're talking about is the coronavirus, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drinking a corona in honor of the virus. And I'm drinking water out of a Darth Vader glass in honor of me not being able to drink right now, which we're gonna get to later. We will get there. Mm. So, um, the coronavirus. Interesting report out of Italy. Yeah. 133 people died from the coronavirus in one day yesterday. Because that adds to the number of 3,600 people that have died globally. 106,000 cases of coronavirus in 92 countries. So right there, those are some pretty big numbers. Yeah, that's um, a lot. And it seems, you know, there was, there was a news report today that uh, by the time it hits May 8th, I believe is a projected date, that every hospital bed in the United States will be filled. Every single bed will be filled with patients. Really? Due to the virus. Now that's pretty hope that's pretty good. That's it's scary, man. I mean, there's there's we have a uh, uh, you know, there's there's people that are lining up at grocery stores, you know, buying pallets of toilet paper. They're, you know, they're all these, you know, people are selling Purell on the black market. Yeah, there's you can't find a mask anywhere. And hopefully the doctors and people that are working with sick people are, are the ones that are able to get the masks, not us right. that are just roaming around. So this seems like a really scary situation. And it's and it seems like we're just at the beginning of it, of this of this pandemic. It seems like we're still in like the second inning and it's not yeah. even it. And it doesn't seem like it's going to get better anytime soon, especially because any sort of vaccine or any sort of cure has to go under, you know, endure at least a year of testing. And there's, there's, there's a psychological uh, sort of, um, I mean, you see, you've seen it many, many times where people that go through tragedies together, sh- perfect strangers that go through tragedy together are forever linked and bonded. You know, whether they survive um, an attack or their plane almost goes down together and they land in the ocean, they're yeah. rescued, whatever it is, these people are pretty much united for the rest of their life and they have this sort of, there's this, this sort of covalent bond. I'm hoping I'm using that, that chemistry no, term that correctly. Covalent sounds like another big word. I like it. So um, now with, with this is like, I have a feeling that a lot of us that are in daily office jobs, mm-hmm. probably, especially on the coasts, we're going to be working from home at least for a couple of weeks pretty soon. Um, now schools are probably going to close. Um, and what this does, this, this gives a rare situation for the entire nuclear family to be together, going through something that is kind of scary, but bonding. I mean, it's probably like the closest that we've had since probably like the second great war where it, the whole world was sort of exploding and being shot and on fire and people were worried if their, you know, their loved ones were coming back or not, but it's like, it's, it's they They were united by some sort of fear. 
So I can, I can find a little bit of hope, uh, you know, as you started to allude to, that this is a time for families to come together, for friends to come together yeah. and form these relationships over a really scary time. I feel like people are coming together. People are appreciating one another more. And therefore, I think it's time for us to, to throw a little curveball and yeah. move on to our next hopeless topic. All right. Do, do you want... Uh, I, have, I have one for you. Um, so this topic is, is new. It's new to uh, the news. Um, a lot of people don't actually realize that it's a topic. But uh, Ben Affleck just came out with uh, his new movie. Uh, it's called The Way Back. It's a sports movie about an alcoholic coach. That's really all I know about the movie. It got very good reviews. His performance was, uh, I saw things like career defining. Oh. Uh, yeah, and when you're going up against some of his classic movies, classic Ben Affleck movies, like Goodwill Hunting, and that's the only one I can think of. Uh, Batman. Argo, Batman, yeah. yeah. You know, he's, he's, yeah. The, the man's done it all. But career defining, and then the movie tanked at the box office. It uh, opened to his, it was his worst opening of his career. Wow. And so you'd think, man, that doesn't look good. Do you see hope there? You know, I think that there's this, this almost this, this credibility that can be applied to some films that do not initially hit mainstream success, yeah. but that eventually are um, that eventually are then seen as important films. Um, I can't think of any. Um, it's not your job to think of them. It's, no. it's your job to point out the point. And I think what you said there is, is really profound. And I don't know if you realized how profound it was, but it was profound because cult classic, that term, these movies are, they last for an eternity. Like a, an infamous cult classic movie is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, that movie, when it came out, did not do well at the box office, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and then, became, you know, it's still being shown in theaters. Uh, ben Affleck has never been in a cult classic. He's been in these big movies, you know, he's had a lot of box office success, but what does he not have on his resume? Cult classic. And so to give him a cult classic, um, you know, it could even be a movie where years down the road people are showing it at midnight and acting out like he's the alcoholic coach. So there's someone on the stage acting it's, out. It's his BYOB. Part. Yeah, yeah, you bring your own. Yeah, bring your own beer. It could even be a, so. Yeah, there's there's just a lot. I think there could be a whole stage performance with it. You could have. Again, I don't know the movie, but I'm guessing that there's interesting people on the team he coaches. So then everyone in the audience can interact and be people on the team. There, it could, you can shout out the lines when the team scores. There's, everyone's going crazy. There could be poppers. And... So Aaron, do you think that The Way Back could be, I just, I looked, according to Business Insider, mm -hmm. these are some fit classic films that flopped when they were first released. Okay. Could The Way Back possibly fit into, as you mentioned, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hmm. Surprisingly, that, okay. Yeah, I thought that was a hit. The Room. Right. Um, Blade Runner, Blade what? Runner, the Big Lebowski. That that is one that it was like, yeah, it was like okay, it was like it seemed like a whatever comedy. I think it's one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Um, Days of Confused and also Troll Two, open poorly. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to me, you just like in my top twenty-five of all time. Most of those movies are in it. Uh, the idea that. I mean, you said the Big Lebowski. Yeah. The Big Lebowski as a you know, 
college stoner movie was the movie or one of yeah. the movies. Same with Dazed and Confused. Yep. What if The Way Back does to the, the like college genre that this does to like sports alcoholism? I mean, it could be the thing. Yeah. Let, this this like, really could be a a movie that lives in infant. I mean, people, kids could be watching this film like when they start sports, like intro to sports. Yeah, and you know, and, it's, and everybody needs a good comeback story. You know, they need a good comeback story. It's called The Way Back. I mean, the movie is basically called like we're a cult movie. The Way Back. It's going to come back. So it's either about yeah, it's either that or about you know getting lost with bad directions. Um, That's another way to put it. So how about this? Um, yeah. So I guess we we found hope with Ben. We, I we think ha- this yes. is going to be good. Yes, we found hope that this could be Ben Affleck's cult classic. This is going to be his movie. Next topic. Do yes. you know what March 26th is? The day after March 25th. Yes. And it's opening day. Oh my goodness. Baseball season Baseball is, is upon back. us. So, so I know. So there's a topic here. Yeah. There's something big. Uh-huh. What is it? The Orioles. For those that don't know, I am a lifelong suffering Baltimore Orioles fan. Right. We've had maybe five winning seasons or six winning seasons in the past 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been hard. It's been really hard. Yeah, I'm um, sorry, man. Yeah, and it's not going to get any easier. No. But there's, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't know if you've been hearing out of spring training recently, um, there, is, there is some hope. So um, I'm going to, while you start, I'm going to look up the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I have my computer here because okay. I, I'm going to look up Baltimore Orioles players' names. So. And... I'm going to guess, you tell me about the hope you see, and I'm going to just look at the names and guess their potential based on the names, because I can't name more than probably two Orioles. Um, it's getting harder and harder. Um, okay, so we'll do so this. So I'll, I'll tell you what's coming out of spring training. So for those that aren't baseball fans out there, there's a guy named Chris Davis, mm. who we've signed for a long contract. Nicknamed Crush. Nicknamed Crush, because the dude is a giant beast that used to be able to hit really long home runs and a whole lot of them. You know, he does have a 50 home run season under his belt. Now, what happened in the past couple years, he went from this home run crushing monster to a dude that could barely hit a baseball. And people believe a lot of the cause was because he couldn't get his Adderall prescription filled, according to Major League Baseball. Some rules were broken, some were changed. Um, And this year, this spring rather, He's back on a new prescription of Adderall. And right now, Chris Davis is having a incredible spring training. He's got, I'll shoot, let me read you some numbers. Please do. Um, Chris Davis, Crush Davis. Crush Davis, spring training stats. Well, right now he's got three home runs. He's batting over 500. Um, And he is literally absolutely looking like the best version of himself. And I know it's only spring training. And I know that my team, which we're about to start to sort of get into some of the names, has no hope of winning the American League East this year or even coming in second or even third. But silver lining is this guy that we're paying a lot of money to. There's something there. Who's nicknamed Crush. Yeah. I, I fixate on that because I just think that's a great nickname. Like, how can you be bad if that's your nickname? And then you're, now you're saying that he's putting up spring stats against potential triple-A, double-A pitchers. <laughs> like, the man, I, I mean, this is... So, you said that the, the predictions, the prognosticators are saying 
that the Orioles won't finish in first. Well, you know who else the prognosticators got wrong about who's orange? Trump. He became president uh, to some people's uh, dismay, to some people are very ecstatic about that. Um, and the Orioles, I believe, could pull off a miracle. And I'm looking at some of these names right now based on, again, the logo's great. That alone should be worth three wins. Um, anyone who doesn't know the Orioles logo should look it up. It's this Oriole smiling. Yeah, some people say it's blackface. Yeah, it's, there's a racism yeah. aspect there that might yeah. not be good. But uh, I see there's a name here that sticks out. I don't know if he's on the major league or minor league roster or if he's on the team still anymore, but it says he is. His name's Cedric Mullins. Um, I don't know if you know who he is. I don't he's know if you've ever heard of him. I believe he's a relief pitcher. Well, it says here he's a center fielder. Now, oh, okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> so, so he could be both. Um, the thing that, that comes to mind when I see the name is I think of Chris Mullins. Chris mm-hmm. Mullins was a heck of a basketball player. I mean, the guy could shoot. Yeah. And, and he looked like Guile from Street Fighter. He, exactly. And if you yeah. look like a character from a video game and you're good at the sport and you have the crew cut and everything. So th- Cedric Mullins, who probably has no relation to Chris Mullins, but he has the last name. And sometimes it's just the name to give the confidence. Yeah. I believe this guy could be a star. I think maybe just by name alone. So just by name alone. That gives me some hope. That That's, and then there's one other name I just have to throw out there. And again, tell me if you know who he is. There is a guy on the Orioles named Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, he's a catcher. Again, you're, you're, not, you're <laughs> not quite there with that. He's, Wait, he's another hey, outfielder. No, he's no. also not there. He's, uh, but he's, he's definitely, he plays on the diamond. So we're at least in, on the baseball diamond. Oh, man. I'm, I, I, am, I think that the team has just hurt me so much that I just, you know, I'm just like... And what's a side wrong. note, a side note just for anyone who, who cares at this point, um, Rohit is the biggest Orioles fan I know. He knows everything about the Orioles, and we've the two players that I've picked out. He doesn't know, uh, so this just shows the lack of of uh, support for the team, and uh, the popularity of the team is pretty bad. But then you have Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, the guy's last name. He is about mounting a castle. He's literally fucking castle. Yeah, I mean, when you're a castle fucker, yeah, it's how can you be bad at shortstop? He is a shortstop. That's what I was going to say so next. Top, yeah. That was next. Yeah. yeah. After, that yeah. was next after third yeah. base coach. The nickname's the drawbridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, you've got Crush. You've got the drawbridge. You've got Chris Mullins, illegitimate son. I mean, between these three guys alone, potential World Series champions. Yes. Make All you need is a couple uh, trash cans to bang. Make, make the American League East great again. And speaking of trash cans, um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, for, for the other, for the non-baseball fans out there, the Houston Astros um, won the World Series a couple years ago. They lost the World Series last year, and everybody found out that they were cheating. Um, they were cheating through not only stuff, not only things like stealing signs by banging trash cans, but apparently they even had a video system that was then able to decode what pitches were being thrown and then be able to communicate that to players. So they cheated a lot. and And heads have not rolled which has really made a lot of the rest of the baseball fandom upset. However, I got some hope today. Ooh, you know, I need it despite, I'm a Dodger fan. Yeah, and, yeah, and Aaron is the biggest Dodger fan I've ever met in my entire existence. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers lost the World Series to the Astros. The Dodgers lost a, you know, 
couple World Series, you know, that are to make a callback. It was crushing. Yeah, it was crushing. Yes, um, I saw there was a video of a kid uh, in a spring training game. He had a Houston Astro player at bat, and this little kid is running. He's a Mets fan. He's running around center field with a sign, handwritten sign that says "fastball." And he is literally really? telling the Houston batter what pitch the pitcher on the, on the Mets is throwing. Because you figure, you know what? He could use a little help. Because I don't know if they can win without stealing signs. So this Astros fan was doing that. This Mets fan. Oh, the Mets fan. Mets fan was helping the Astros guy. Helping the Astros. Yeah, just sitting there, hey, fastball. And it's just great. You know, I think the silver lining is... Yes, it's a team full of cheaters right. that should have faced a lot more punishment. Yeah. I mean, A-Rod got fined more than the entire Astros team combined for just for taking steroids, and he's owned up to it. And not one single Astros player has even apologized. And so uh, the I think it, it, it's hopeful that at least this kid, even in spring training, is getting a major league look at taunting at a really young age. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see the Astros play against 31 teams this year and just get, like, just to see the creativity of trolling from fans. I also love that you just added two teams to Major League Baseball. Yeah. Which is also hopeful. Like, in your mind, there's actually two more teams. There's 30, but in your mind, there's 32. Which, oh, yeah, which that's is, right. Which is, <laughs> which is great. Sorry. The idea, yeah. no, no, I'm a big add, football fan. As a yeah. Dodger fan, to, to have two more teams that don't theoretically exist that will also be taunting the Astros is also hopeful. I think, I think those two teams are not the Astros and everybody that's playing the Astros. There you, there you yeah. go. So it's us versus the world. Yes. And, uh, and the, this kid, I also think, you know, when you talk about the potential like career paths of kids and stuff, and we've talked about families here already. This kid has potential. I mean, that's clever. This guy, this kid is gonna be something. He could be. He's the next Steve Jobs. Possibly. possibly. He's gonna be. A, he's gonna be something. I mean, to be that creative, that smart, yeah. that intuitive, and and as a Dodger fan, I just want to add about this uh, cheating scandal. You know, I've had a, a lot of emotions. I felt very hopeless about the situation. Uh, it's been depressing. It was gonna be. You know, the first time I get to experience a a World Series win and. That I was so excited. I went to the game. I went to Game Six. That would have been the clinching game. We, I would have been at the clinching game. Instead, I was uh, at a bar with my dad, watching them lose. Um, well, we didn't know at the time they were banging on drums and whatever they were doing. You know, they had like a band. Uh, and then I thought, all right, this is pretty hopeless, and we might never win. Maybe there's hope. And another piece of hope, besides obviously the creativity of this kid and him being the next Steve Jobs, is when we do win, how much sweeter will it be because we had to lose in this situation? And I feel a lot of people hate Dodgers fans and hate the Dodgers. The Dodgers have become pretty disliked by around the sports world, but now we're not. I think people are going to be rooting for us. I think people are going to be like on the Dodger wagon saying like, go blue, not like screw you blue. So I think that we're like America's team now. It's, I mean, heck, it's been, it's been a minute since the Dodgers had a title. You know, it's been since the 80s. So there's a Kirk Gibson game. Oh yeah, that, I mean, the replays of it are great, but I, you know, to experience yeah, it, to you, like feel it, to be there. You were like a there. zygote at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was like a, I think I was a sperm. Yeah. Um, the, 
it's a weird th- way to think of yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think I think that this year, whether we do it or not, that we're just people are going to be rallying around us. I think we'll be getting a lot of cheers, and people will be excited about the Dodgers, and and the Astros deserve nothing but the worst. Yes. Uh, and there's hope in that too. I like in an era where cheating has become uh, very accepted, and uh, mo- a lot of people do it. It's I think in the last three four years, it's been more you know like you cheat, you win, and with the Astros case. You cheat, you win. Yeah. Maybe this will turn. Maybe it'll turn to make people be more honest. Maybe it's an era of honesty, and that's a silver lining coming our way. And also, another silver lining is everybody can yell and say, fuck the Astros. Yeah, that, and that's, again, that's, the, yeah, there should, that, that maybe that's the 31st team. That's the 31st team. Is the fuck the Astros yeah. team. It seems like yeah, I have an NFL brain. I'm just you know thinking 32 teams there, but um. But you just okay. came up. We just came up with a hopeful we thing did. to your gaff. Your your gaff led to the 31st team. Hey, Aaron, you got the, you got time for one more thing to be hopeful about? Yeah, I think there's maybe even time for two. All right, what do we got? Oh, uh, so um. Yeah, you do one and I'll do one. Yeah, yeah, but um. Let's see. So now it's a good thing we can cut this dead air. Uh, yeah, it's definitely dead right now. But th- there's hope in dead air because dead air makes you think. And I hope her, whoever's yeah. listening to the very first episode of the Hopeless Podcast, yeah. while we, we have dead air, uh, is, is just yeah. thinking about what we've brought to the table and, and realizing that while we may be two fairly uninformed individuals uh, bringing hope to hopeless topics that we don't know that much about, which is, I think, very apparent. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're thinking in your heads. You can be a fairly uninformed person yourself. Think of something that's hopeless sure. and uh, find hope in it. Yeah, and I'll tell you something that, that has been hopeless for me. It seems mm-hmm. you know I've been uh, so I've been seeing a nutritionist. Yes, and just trying to figure out, man, like why I feel congested, why I feel tired after eating, why I'm like just like not sleeping as well as I used to. And so she's been great. And she's put me on a very strict regimen that has eliminated all dairy, sugar, eggs, uh, wheat, gluten. I can't have apples, can't have tomatoes, no garlic, no spicy stuff. And that's been, it's started to be pretty hopeless. But I think- uh, That sounds miserable. It sounds like it's either miserable or you're actually Jewish. Yeah, or that, yeah. And I can't have pork either. Yeah. Oh um, man, it's like it's. So I went to a dinner last night, and that was like probably the most hopeless I felt during this entire time. We went to Hatchet Hall, which is a great place, uh, you know, here in, in Venice, in Los Angeles, um, and it's like really savory, delicious, like kind of like modern American kind of like barbecue in a way, okay. um, and uh, or like home style comfort food, um, and they had to modify my dishes, everything that came out, I had to watch people eat all their appetizers. And, and like, what gave me hope was, um, it was her friend's birthday, and our other friend, who's the wife of our friend, she was actually, she went to Whole Foods and put together a crudité for me that was so delicious and so amazing. She, That's how you pronounce that, crudité? Yeah, well, I believe the fancy people call it crudites. Crudites, uh, yeah, but, good. Um, probably how I'd pronounce it. Yeah, it's, but, um, so it was really amazing. And then um, for dinner, so many good words to this. They, uh, they had like, I still was able to like, I was able to enjoy the, the prime rib and the, uh, the fish and like they had a special broccolini for me and all, it was incredible. And the pork I could eat. And it was like, oh no, I wasn't supposed to eat pork. 
Uh, no, did you oh, screw up? I just, you, oh my oh God. no, we just realized that you I actually screwed. I ate the pork. Oh man. Oh man. Now your nutritionist okay. is well, also hopeless. What gives me hope is I didn't die, but it You're gives me dead. hope that there is even uh, the dessert. She went and she got like these amazing sort of spread of fruits for me for dessert. And I couldn't partake in the cake. But it, was, it gives me hope that... Wait, she did that just she did to, that. for and the kindness? She did that, and I found kindness. out the kindness of her heart. She was talking to the restaurant. They are making, making the most annoying modifications mm. to the food. Um, and that was really... What gives me hope is that I'm an annoying person with my food right now until I'm reintroduced to a bunch of things, um, which is part of the process. But it gives me hope that people are so kind and so nice about it. Yeah. And I was also... I've, I've You know, as a side effect, I've lost some weight that I needed to lose, which is great. Um, I'm sleeping better. Yeah, I'm I was not, gonna say you uh, look yeah, great. Thank you, thank you. It's you know, it's I was convinced that all of my clothes had shrunk um, <laughs> over the past like year, and now <laughs> which is probably they've unshrunk. That's a good way to yeah. feel hope um, about yes. getting so fatter. I feel, I feel a little bit hopeful, man, and I think uh, you know when it comes to friends, it's really great to have supportive ones, even when they are so busy organizing a huge birthday for friends to spend all the time for me. So. Thank you, Masha. Masha, um, and, and what, I relate to that, to what you've been through, because I have Crohn's disease, and, uh, and it's, it's awkward a lot of the time because you don't want to come off, or I don't want to come off as that, the, the problem guest who has all these dietary restrictions. Or just in LA, especially, there's yeah. the, it's just like person in LA. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. And so I, I can relate. And so the idea that when people do kind things, kind gestures, they bring you fruit because they know you can't have all the other stuff. Little did she know you actually had totally botched your diet. <laughs> and I just realized right now. During you just this realized it. So they went. So you, they were being super kind to you, and you were actually taking advantage of them. Yet they still were kind. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when it, this is this is just so many layers, and I can relate with the Crohn's disease. This is so many layers of hope. Um, Hope in your, for yourself, for your health, for your future. Uh, hope for your physique because you feel better. Uh, a hope for the kindness of strangers and people you know. Uh, hope for me that I can you know, continue to be that annoying dinner guest who has all these dietary restrictions and people will hopefully be nice to me. Yeah. And they're nice to you. I mean, look, the, really everyone should just be as picky as possible and just it's a test to see how nice people are. It is. And, and before we started recording, I think for our final topic, mm -hmm. you started talking to me about a wedding gift. I did. So I'm in a pickle. Uh, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I'm in two pickles. Uh, two good dill pickles. Which I also uh, can't eat. Which, yeah, jeez, man. This is... Uh, but look, but, anyway. but we, we also know you can't eat the pickles, but yeah. you'll have a dinner and a dinner and then you'll say like, and I had the best pickles. <laughs> and like, but wait, you said you can't eat them. And you're like, oh darn, I forgot. <laughs> I suck you know, at this. You're not good at your, yeah. your nutritionist is going to fire you. Uh, so I went to a wedding about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago in Italy. Uh, one of my two Italy trips. That's why, as I said, I'm pr fairly Italian and these friends of mine put on one of the most lavish, gorgeous weddings I've ever been to. It was in a castle. It had a whole, there was like a little Coachella thing set up with a band and a tent and a, there was thing, there was just, there was like 20 weddings in the one wedding. I mean, this thing couldn't have been better. The bad part is they lost our luggage and so uh, had to um, go into town and 
buy Italian clothes in this little town because I didn't have clothes. I didn't want to show up in like jeans and a t-shirt. So that was one negative. Uh, but otherwise, it was just a fantastic experience and beautiful. The thing is, the problem is, I've still not given them a wedding gift. And so I've done a bunch of research on this recently for this purpose. Um, and there's apparently a limit. Some people say you have a year. And for bar and bat mitzvahs, especially you have a year. And for wedding gifts, some people say a year, some people say two. Nobody says two and a half. Like, I'm definitely over the limit of, of when I'm supposed to give the gift. And it's not without trying because I had an idea for uh, what I wanted to do for them, but then they couldn't end up being there when I was gonna do this surprise. So I had it in my mind, but in their eyes, I just am the guy who hasn't given the gift. And I was trying to find hope in that and think about it a bit more. Like, so, all right, so every website says I've failed. Like, I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad human. Uh, but what if I, like, change, change the story a little bit? And what if I give them a gift that only someone who hasn't given them a gift in two and a half years can give? What kind of gift? What are you thinking? I think I'm going to incorporate the fact that it's been two and a half years and in that two and a half years, I, I've had so much time to think about the gift that it's really going to relate to who they were as a couple then and who they are as a couple now. And so it's going to incorporate these two, year, two and a half years of their life together and how they've grown as a couple that nobody who gave the gift on time could do. And I think it's going to, I'm going to write a poem. I think that's going to be Person part of the personalize gift. Personalize it. Personalize it. I might even make a little film uh, like about their life. She started a, a underwear business since then. I might incorporate that into it because it wasn't, it didn't exist yet. So like I'm going to incorporate that into the gift. Again, I still haven't figured out the gift. So like the two and a half years is going to probably become closer to three years. I don't have the specifics of the gift, but I know what I'm going to do is going to utilize the time so that it's a very time specific gift. And that it's like, I'm, I'm kind of bringing hope to this by one upping everyone who gave their gift on time and saying, look, I waited for a reason. So the hope there is your gift isn't late. Your gift was two and a half years in the making. Exactly. Yeah. And two and a half years in the making, two and a half years of thought, so that I could give the best gift, the most important gift, and the most personable gift possible for a wedding that was so important and a couple that's so great. And in that way, I think to anyone out there who is late on a gift, who thinks, oh man, I don't know what to do now, this is what you do. And I have the same problem, by the way, uh, with my cousin. She had a bat mitzvah about four months ago. I also haven't gotten her a gift, and apparently the bar mitzvah year thing is a year, and I don't feel like I'm close to getting it yet, just because I haven't gotten it yet, and I don't see myself figuring out what it's gonna be yet. But I think I'm gonna also use this strategy with her gift. So your bar mitzvah is when you're 13, but like at, at 13, do you really know what you want when you're, say, 14 and a half? Probably not, things change. So I'm going to be aiming for like her 14th year of life. I want that. I want my gift to cover that. So again, to people who aren't giving their gifts on time, make it count. 
make it worth it. And this is what I'm going to try to do. What do you think, Rohit? I, th I think, you know, belated is still lated. So, <laughs> you know, I think that, that it, I think it's, so, I yeah. think you're going to be okay, Aaron. It's like the Semite movement, the <laughs> yeah. lated movement. Yeah, we're, it's, if there's, there's ways to, to find hope in, in, uh, in being late for gifts or just not being good at remembering to give them. And you know what? I think today, Aaron, we found a lot of hope. I think, I think we found hope that, yeah, it's never too late to figure out what the wedding gift is, which makes me have to think, I think I might've missed a couple of weddings. I should probably overdo, but um, we found yeah. hope for the Bernie Sanders supporters and, you know, even some of the Elizabeth Warren supporters maybe in just in, in what happened with Super Tuesday. We've, we did, we did, we did. We that was big. Uh, super Tuesday was in fact super. It wasn't terrible. We found hope in the coronavirus through the, through the idea of bringing families together. Yeah, it's, and it's going to be a uniter and it's going to save the climate. Yep. And I think we found some hope in baseball. We did. The Orioles are probably going to win the World Series with, what, with like Ryan Mountcastle? Yep. He's going to be fucking castles a yeah. lot. Yeah. Oh, he's just mounting them. Um, and we found hope in Ben Affleck being a possible cult he's hero be in now. A cult, he's going to be a cult hero. He's a cult classic. He's going to be in that movie. We found hope in um, being restricted eaters and in the kindness of our friends and also feeling better. I mean, there's a lot of good options Feeling out better. There. You looking great. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that this is just scratching the surface. You know? It is. And, and I think that together, mm -hmm. and we, can, we can bring some hope back into this world. I think that we're not, not can, we will. We, we will. will bring we will. hope back into this world. And one, one thing about the wedding gift, I just want I, to, to leave on a, on a hopeful note. To all those weddings, and because you've covered all the topics, you've said, it, you've said it how it is. We might have forgotten a few. But overall, I think we've shown the hope with the wedding gift thing. I've been to a few weddings where the wedding only lasts, I mean, the marriage only lasts like six months. It's over. Then they have to split all the stuff up and it becomes a whole hassle. So why don't you also, when you're thinking of giving a wedding gift, give it time to make sure the wedding actually be, leads to a marriage that works. Make sure the couple earned it. Yeah, earn the gift. Yeah. Earn the gift. They've earned your friendship. Yeah, it's... Now earn the gift. Right on, right because on. Because what do you do with the gift when you have to split it in half? It's, yeah, it, it just gets weird. It makes it more, more difficult. Especially to, if you give them a puppy or something. Cutting that in half, it's just like, yeah. it's weird. Um, I know, I used to give puppy gifts. Yeah. So look, this is it. We've found hope in everything hopeless. Uh, I, at least for this week. At least for this week. Next week, we're going to bring, there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot more hopelessness in the world. We might be quarantined. And we'll find hope in that. We will. And you know, maybe we could even open up to, to requests and listener requests in the future. If there's something that you feel hopeless about, mm -hmm. you know, why don't you reach out to Aaron and I, yeah. and we're happy to try and bring some hope into that. Right. Um, from, as we said, from two highly unqualified individuals who don't know much about what they're talking about. Nope. Um, but they, we know we're hopeful. We know we're hopeful. And I'm the Aaron Wolf on social media. And I'm Vohit for Rohit, so V-O-H-I-T, the number four, R-O-H-I-T. Yep. You can find us and uh, give us something to be hopeful about. Give, give us ideas yeah. and things that you need and we will answer your questions. So let's do it. I'll never make that money back. Right?